What up, all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 165 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I spoke with Mark and Julie Cook. They run a small island resort off the coast of Roatan, Honduras, called Fort Morgan Key. Really cool couple living their dream on a Caribbean island. As many of you fantasize about, this is the dream while they're living it. They sold everything back in Fargo, North Dakota, and moved down to this small Caribbean island where through just taking that first step out there, they found themselves two years later after working various jobs on Roatan, being the caretakers and hosts of the Fort Morgan Key Resort. Really cool story because, again, they had a good life, as they talk about in Fargo. One life that they loved. They loved their jobs. And it was nothing more than a lifelong desire that Julie had to go live on a small Caribbean island that drove them to take that leap of faith and go make it happen. And now, multiple years later, they're doing just that and loving every second of it. This episode was a huge inspiration to me. I always find that these people I encounter, these people I get to interview and talk to around the world are always coming into my life at the appropriate moment. You know, as I try to design my life in the way I want, there are many ups and downs. It doesn't always flow in the way I want it to. It doesn't always come as easily as I hope, but I am persevering. I am trying and their story keeps me focused and motivated to keep trying to keep designing that life as an online entrepreneur, as a location independent worker who can make money from his computer anywhere I want in the world. And this story again, just hit me at the right moment in time as I find myself having to be back in California, regrouping, trying again. I've had a lot of success over the years of trying to create my online surf instruction business as I'm creating even this podcast. This podcast is definitely gaining momentum and a lot of you listeners who support me week in and week out, I can't thank you enough for continually showing up and consuming the content, sharing it with your friends and hopefully motivating you and inspiring you to get out there and design the life that you want. So thank you, Mark and Julie, for coming on and delivering such a powerful story to me and my audience. And audience members, if you like this story, go check them out. If you have a big group, a big family, people that you wanted to show a cool adventure to, definitely you should check them out at Fort Morgan Key. It's a small little key off the island of Roatan in Honduras. As you'll hear, it's really beautiful, easy to get to, and they take care of everything once you're there. So definitely worthwhile checking out. And if you're a first-time listener, please hit that subscribe button. If you liked this episode, I would be honored if you shared it with a close friend of yours. And I just want to thank you for being here. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Mark and Julie Cook. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today, I'm joined by Mark and Julie Cook. They are coming from um, Fort Morgan Key, a small island off the coast of Roatan, and got put uh, in touch with them through EJ, whose episode you'll hear soon, and I'm really happy to have them on the show to talk about how they made it to this very small little island off the coast of Roatan. So, Julie, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. We're glad to be here. Yeah, it's nice to hear your voices and get introduced to you both by EJ. Um, you guys are originally, or you guys came from Fargo, which is starting to get pretty cold right now. Is that correct? <laughs> it's really cool in Fargo. It's funny because um, when following my friends in Fargo on Facebook, right now they're wearing hats and gloves and mittens and warm jackets, and I'm just looking out at a beautiful Caribbean ocean. 
Yeah, you're sitting on what, 40 acres right now? Yeah, it's a 40-acre island that actually used to have a runway down the middle of it because the old owners used to fly their private plane in here. So uh, it's a you know it's a good-sized little uh, private island. But yeah, we're sitting. We've got a gorgeous view of uh, you know the Caribbean Sea and 360 degrees. That's awesome. And yeah, I'd love uh, the audience to kind of hear how you came upon living on this island, managing uh, Fort Morgan K, which is a resort, correct? It's a high-end re- resort. Um, I would call it um, shabby chic. okay maybe pirate posh is a good way to put it it's an original pirate island so um you know it's all um off the grid so you have to you know be conserve your water and conserve electricity and those kinds of things so it's amazing and our food is wonderful and the scenery is beautiful and the bedrooms are nice but it it's definitely not the hyatt or one of those high-end resorts by any means (laughs) So the original owners of the private jet sold it to the new owners or have been changed hands quite a few times since then? Well, actually, I think I might have misspoken. It's the owners. They used to have a plane that used to fly in here. It's the, it's the same owners. It's been in the family since 1960. Uh, the grandfather bought it, I believe, in 1960, and it's been in the family ever since. The, the, the uh, grandson is who, we, who is kind of technically our boss right now. Uh, he runs. He's the one that's running the resort. They decided to turn the island into resort, I think it was three and a half years ago. Uh, before it was just a family retreat, and they had this idea of of turning it into a private island, um, you know, getaway for people. And it, it's been growing steadily in business. This past year, I think we did uh, from January to July, we had 15 different groups. Because when you rent the island, you get it your, with your whole group. It's not a uh, place where you come and it's you know one couple in one room and another couple in another room. They don't know each other. This is groups of six to 19 that come together, whether it's families or groups of friends that like to travel. And they come to our island, we give them an all, all-inclusive uh, private island experience. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. What does that include? Like if I were to come with my family of, say, 15, um, I arrive, what, at a, at a pre- how do I get there, first thing? <laughs> well, first of all, you'd fly into um, the island of Roatan um, off the coast of Honduras. And then you'd take about a one-and-a-half-hour drive to um, Port Royal, which is a little um, bay um, uh, on Roatan. Uh, We would pick you up there by boat, and then you would boat over to our island, Fort Morgan Key. And it's all-inclusive, so once you're here, you know, you get the whole guest lodge. Um, So you pick your rooms. We have seven rooms, and, you know, depending on the size of the group, everybody picks their rooms. And then um, we have all kinds of activities. I've got paddleboarding, kayaking. Um, I used to own a yoga studio in Minneapolis, so I teach uh, yoga twice a day. Um, you can scuba dive, snorkel, so um, and you can kiteboard here. So there's lots of things to do once you're here. And, of course, we're taking care of all your needs, um, the uh, meals every day, appetizers. We have food and snacks available to you all day long. Um, the bar is available for the guests as well. So um, really, once you're here, the, the beauty of it is you don't have to go rent a kayak here or go rent a paddleboard there. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's very much all inclusive. Everything you need to keep you busy is here. And it's great for hiking. Our um, guests really like to hike around the island because from end to end, it's pretty long. And there's a beach on every side and there's a dock on every side and a different view. So it's, it's really a, a really cool place to stay. How long is that boat ride between Roatan and the Key? It's only about five minutes, so it's really not very far. <laughs> Depends on the boat and the motor, but yeah. generally we can get them over here in five to ten minutes. Oh, that's amazing. So um, yeah. theoretically, you could swim across. 
Yeah, actually, the, the, the owner's son or the, the, the swimmer's our manager gets up in the morning and swims to Roatan and back usually when he's here. So it is swimmable. Oh, wow. What about sharks? Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're out there. Uh, nothing to worry about. I mean, you know, leaf sharks, uh, leaf tips, nothing that are you know, going to harm you. Uh, jellyfish are, you know, every once in a while you'll see some jellyfish. I got stung by one last week. Uh, so I usually, you know, I always recommend a, a, a rash guard because <laughs> I, I made a mistake of not putting one on. But for the most part, you're, you're pretty safe with, with the sharks. But the wildlife is incredible. I mean, we get eagle rays and stingrays and uh, dolphins and all kinds of stuff that come by the key. And so it's, it's, it's an incredible place to sit and see, you know, and just enjoy nature. No, it sounds like it. Do you mind me asking, like, how old you both are? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, I'm just trying to get uh, the audience to understand, like, at what point in your life have you made this decision to, like... We're at Mark's almost 50, and I'm in my 50s. Okay. We'll say That's cool. And so, yeah, so it sounds like you guys have had a lot of different uh, sort of, what's the word, like, evolutions throughout your life. And now it's, like, midlife coming to this conclusion to leave the States and, and get to Central America to start something new. Um, how did that come about? I've had this idea for many, many years and Mark and I have been together eight or nine years, I think. And I finally found a man that was on board with my idea. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, um, I have three sons and when I told them that I was moving to a Caribbean Island, they said, we're really glad and we're happy for you because you've been talking about this your whole life. <laughs> so, um, it's just something I've always wanted to do. Um, you know, I have seen too many close family and friends die very young and never able to experience some of their dreams. And I did not want that to happen to me. Beautifully said. And Mark, you were just, when you met Julie, you were just like, this is it. I've met the woman who's also interested in doing the same kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, honestly, it wasn't something I, you know, I think this is the thing, you know, as Americans, we grow up that, you know, you get up, you get your job, you work till you're 60 and then maybe you die. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, it didn't occur to me and Julie just kind of put this bug in my ear and we both had such this passion for travel and seeing the world that um, the idea of moving to Cribbon Island wasn't something that occurred to me and that I thought even was attainable. And then, you know, we just started exploring and saying, what can we do? And, and it was, I realized, yeah, we can do this and I don't need to stay at my job until I'm, you know, 60 years old that, that let's just, you know, make sure we have enough money to survive and we'll go figure it out. And so to me, it was, and once I realized that, yeah, this is something I want to do, and I knew she's wanted to do it for a long time, it wasn't hard to, to make the jump. And, and a little bit had to do with spending six years in Fargo. I think we got really tired of winter. Um, they can be pretty brutal. Uh, you know, it's a great city, and I, we loved our jobs, but it, it certainly was something where this was just much more appealing. Nice. So, yeah, Julie, you said you were a yoga instructor prior to going to um, the island. And, Mark, what, what did you do? I was the head soccer coach at North Dakota State University. Rad. Sorry, I cut you off, Julie. What were you going to say? Um, you know, um, then my last job in Fargo was I was in charge of the YMCA's in North Dakota. Um, and then before that, I owned a yoga studio in Minneapolis. Um, but I had always been in the business sector and um, particularly in my early career in, um, you know, in upper management and in a very large company. So um, and I had had enough of that. So it kind of went in stages. I kind of downgraded my career, so to speak, as I went along, <laughs> um, started doing things that were less stressful. And then it, it really came down to this job, which is, I mean, there's some stress with this job, but it's really not stressful. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's cool. But it is, I mean, I have run a resort or like I couldn't call it a resort, but I have been in the business down in Nicaragua and it's a lot of work. I mean, I know you guys have your staff, but um, what is it? What is it like on a daily for you? Are you working like 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, just make sure, making sure the guests are happy? Uh, when we have guests on the island, it's from probably about 7 a.m. until about 9 p.m., um, making sure they're happy. But um, we enjoy that, uh, especially Mark. He's extremely social. He really loves interacting with the guests, and I kind of do the back of the house. Um, but, you know, we are on season is six months, and our off season is about six months right now. So the off season is... You know, we just have this beautiful private island that we get to live on. Um, but our staff is, I cannot say enough about our staff. It's um, up to 12 people when we're at full capacity, and they are amazing. And I, I can't say enough about them because they are really one of the reasons we're here. They are amazing people, and they are not wealthy people by any means, but they are the happiest group of 12 people I've ever met. Truly, truly happy. And they are not well paid. And but they're happy to have their jobs and they really know what's most important in life. And for me, being here when what they have taught us, not only about how to run a key, which thankfully they did teach us how to run a key, but about life is just amazing. That sounds cool. Why is it only six and six? Is it because of weather? Yeah, we have a generally speaking with, you know, when school starts in the U.S., uh, August, September, you know, that, that's when the, the travel season kind of ends for Roatan. And then we get into a rainy season, October, November, December. So we start back up at Christmas and, and we have guests pretty much through the middle to the end of July. And then that August, from August down, we're, we're, we really don't have anybody. Uh, we've had inquiries of people that want to come down. But right now we're, we're sitting here with uh, having any guests since the middle of July. Wow. I mean, do you guys get bored, lonely? Like, Do you, do you get off the island much? We do. We have lots. We have lots of friends. <laughs> yeah, we're fortunate enough to be able to, you know, get over to Roatan. We have a house in, in Sandy Bay, which is on the west side of the island. So we get over to our house once a week. We'll try to get down to West End, which is kind of the more uh, touristy spot um, where the kind of the bars and restaurants are. We'll get down there for dinner and, and see our friends. So we're able to. We try to at least get over there once a week to somewhat keep our sanity and, and get out and socialize. But we've made a nice group of friends here on the east side of the island that are people that live out here that have similar jobs or work in the tourism industry. And, you know, so we, we, we try to meet up with those people once a week also. So we're, you know, we keep busy, but we do spend a lot of time uh, on our porches, as we call it, just sitting over the water and reading books and uh, playing backgammon. we play a lot of backgammon cards, uh, but we, you know, we, it's, it's a, kind of the best of both worlds. We can be as isolated as we want to be and we can go and join the quote unquote civilization whenever we want to also. Okay, so just so I get a better picture, so the portion of the island that you're on is like a chunk of 40 acres, and it's a bigger island that there's other resorts on, like at the other end, it sounds like? Yes. Roatan is a 40-mile long long island. Uh, We are on the east side, which is the much more rural side of the island. There's a few small resorts out here. Uh, On the west side, we have West Bay and West End, and West Bay is a very – there's a large, beautiful beach with big resorts, uh, you know, and cruise shippers. Uh, and cruise ship, uh, there's a big cruise ship industry in Roatan. That's where a lot of the cruise shippers will go to spend their day. Um, and so the, a lot of the tourism stuff is pretty much from the, the central part of the island to the west of the island. That's where most of the tourism is. The east side, again, is a little more rural. Uh, when people come to Roatan, they come to the east side, they want more of a laid-back experience. And, and, you know, Fort Morgan Key is part of that laid-back experience because you're on your own island. So that, that's kind of the, the gist of the, uh, the geography of Roatan. 
Okay, yeah, I'll put a, a link in the show notes so people can see and get a better idea of, of where you're at. Was uh, How was your Spanish when you got there? I'm assuming your staff is Spanish-speaking. <laughs> My famous line, Piquito. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had taken some in high school, so I had a little bit of Spanish. I really tried to learn it, but we're fortunate our staff is bilingual for the most part. Um, all the, the building and grounds guys are all English-speaking. Uh, the girls that work for us that do hospitality are some are not, don't speak any English and some speak a little bit. So it's good for me because I spend a lot of time in the kitchen talking to them and trying to learn, get better at my Spanish, but I'm certainly not uh, fluent by any means. No. You know, it's interesting. You get by, you know, I'll be standing there trying to figure something out with my staff and it takes a little bit longer, but eventually somehow we get the messages across to each other. It, it, it works. It t- might take a little bit more time and a lot of pointing and <laughs> guessing, but you know, we do get by. Yeah, I think that's true anywhere in the world. And it's even cooler, though, when you're in a place where you're you're making money doing kind of the business and thing that you want, which is what this show is really about is helping people see that, like, you know, a couple like you can pick up, leave the comforts of the States, go down and make a life for themselves. And it sounds like an amazing life for yourselves. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of Mark used to bartend because when we came here, you have to create your life. So we started out, um, I would teach yoga a couple days a week at a, um, a hotel, and Mark was bartending at uh, a great bar in West End, Sundowners. And everybody that comes to the bar, and Mark can speak to this better, is they, they all say, we're going to do this someday, or we can't do this because. And there is no excuse. This Roatan is filled with people that came here with virtually nothing, and they've made a life for themselves. And, you, you know, we... When we got on that plane and it was 40 degrees below zero on January 20, 2018, we had no idea what our life would be like. We had really very little. And here we are two years later managing a key. You can create that life. And people say, well, what about health insurance? There's international health insurance. There's plenty of health insurance out there that you can get. And what about your 401k or your retirement plan? You come here and you build a life and you figure out a different way to save your money. Maybe it's not through a corporate 401k program. But it's very attainable, and, and anybody can figure out. They just have to be brave enough, I guess, is what I would say. Oh, beautifully said. Thank you for saying that, Julie. Do you guys have a house that you've left back in the States, or you just literally cut all ties, packed up everything, sold as much as you could, and just left? Yeah, we uh, we cut all our ties. We sold everything we own. When we moved to Fargo, we kind of we weren't going to be a permanent move, uh, you know, I, I had gone from being a, a club soccer coach to getting an opportunity to coach Division One soccer. And, you know, that's such a uh, – it's a profession that there's no guarantees. Um, so we never bought a house in Fargo. We were renting. So it was easy for us to kind of, you know, let go of that. We both sold homes in Minneapolis before we moved to Fargo. So really all we did was just unload all of our belongings. We came down here with 10 bags. Um, we each uh, packed up five bags of, of our stuff. And I had three of my bags were kiteboarding equipment. <laughs> so I literally only came down with two bags of clothes. And so um, – you know, you just learn that possessions are not something you need. And we, I think we get wrapped up in the in the States, especially of, of consumerism and needing to buy the coolest, newest thing. And and we've learned we live in a one room, you know, hotel room basically right now with just our clothes and, and, and a dog. And so, you know, it, we've just really come to, to realize we just need these things. And um, once we sold everything back in Fargo, we got down here and. You just realize, yeah, we just need enough stuff to live. You know, some pots and pans. You know, like I said, we do own a home here that we do rent out to uh, other people to come to visit Roatan because uh, we're not we're, we're living out here in Fort Morgan. But uh, yeah, it just I think 
we just have to let go. And it's hard at first. I think when I think a big challenge for us when we were selling stuff, I'm like, oh, I really, you know, I, I like that. This, you know, that's my favorite shirt. Well, I'm never going to wear that <laughs> on an island and, and things like that. So I think you just have to let go. And I think uh, for me, what hit me is when we were trying to get rid of everything, I had probably minimally 20 wine glasses. And I guarantee I've never used more than four at a time. Why did I have 20 wine glasses? And it was kind of that same mentality around everything I had. I had way more than I ever used. And why did I have so much of that? And now literally all our possessions are in one room <laughs> with our bed. <laughs> That's beautiful. But it's, freeing. It's, it's a really freeing feeling, you know? I mean, we are so wrapped up in the United States about earning more money to get more things. And in the two years we've been here, we went back to the United States for two weeks and it was like sensory overload. I went to get a, a pedicure because honestly on the island, there's not a lot of spa services, but I went to get a pedicure and they gave me a choice of over probably 200 different colors. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have 200 choices just for nail polish. I mean, I couldn't even find nail polish in Rotan, <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's such a, U.S. is so big and so much and so more, way more than you ever could possibly need. No kidding. Let's talk a little bit about that because that comes up on the show quite a bit. You know, that repatriation that we all go through when we do come back to visit family, maybe stay for periods of time. You, you said that your head was spinning. It was just overwhelming for you. Does that, I mean, what's it like for you, Mark? Do you have the same sort of feeling? Yeah, it was, at first I was kind of like, well, God, I really missed this. But then after we, I think we both looked at each other about four days into our trip and said, you know, I'm ready to go back to Rotan. Um, there is, it just, it never occurred to me how, uh, you know, on every street corner there's a mall <laughs> or a shopping center, and 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 just the the pace of things. And, and I think we've really learned to slow down and take stress out of our lives. And I and I you get back with friends and family, and you see how I think way I wired up is a good way to put it. And uh, this just kind of it really really reassured that we made the right choice. Nice. Now. When you left, I mean, your destination wasn't a small island key off of Roatan. You guys went to Central America and started like feeling it out. Is that what I understood pre-show? Well, we when we left Fargo, we were coming to Roatan. We had actually come down the November previously and, and, and uh, made an offer on a house. So this was our destination. But throughout uh, the eight years, nine years we've been together, we've traveled to Europe, Central America. Uh, we've been through the Caribbean, kind of looking at where would we want to live and and Julie had been to Roatan. When I first moved to Fargo, I'd just been hired to coach up there. And Julie got an opportunity to come teach yoga down here. I'd never heard of Roatan. And so she came down, was here for almost two weeks, and wow. fell, really fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, came back and said, God, I, I wouldn't have come back if it wasn't for me, <laughs> which I'm kind of glad she did. But um, she fell in love with it. So we kept Roatan on our list of places that, that we want to look, look at, but we kind of left it in the, the, at the end of our list. So when we knew we were ready to kind of make the move, we came down in November of 2017. St you know, we're here for a few days, really liked it, decided to look at some property and, and made an offer on a house. And, and that was kind of the first step. And then we made the move officially. You know, I went back, resigned from my job, and, uh, and we moved back down here in January of 2018. So that was just kind of a uh, you know, using as much vacation as we had every year to explore different parts of Central America. You know, we, we read International Living that, that always talks about these are the best places to live if you're an expat, kind of compare and contrast it. And, and Roatan hit, touched all the buttons for us. 
best Roatan is the beauty of the Caribbean with the Central American pricing. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's the cost of livings. Uh, I think EJ was saying yeah. he pays like 300 bucks a month for a very nice apartment. He does. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very nice. And it's right by the beach. It's beautiful. That's great. And so when you bought your home, I mean, I'm assuming the cost to buy isn't ex- extraordinary crazy. It's like you can get a pretty decent house for like roughly, what would you say? We bought our house right on the beach in Sandy Bay and Roatan. It's Two bedrooms and two bathrooms upstairs and an apartment down below um, that was a rental income for us. Um, and that was a one-bedroom, one-bath. Pool in the back, beach in the front for $285,000. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it generates income, which is really good. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a strategy a lot of people have to consider when they are going to take that leap and make that investment. Because, like, for example, me living in Gigante Bay, or Gigante Bay, Nicaragua, you know, people are building, hoping that they can rent, but it's not as easy because we don't have the same kind of touristic traffic that it sounds like with the right. cruise ships that you have. And then just more people coming through, falling in love, maybe coming back. I mean, when, when you were renting it, was it to travelers, like Airbnb style, or was it um, like long-term rental? Uh, we've done both. Um, so in the, in the high season, when you have people here, you can rent it short term, usually you know, week to week, Saturday to Saturday. In the off season, when we don't have um, as many people booking through the booking sites, then you can do more long term, like you know, three to six months where somebody's coming here to build a house or make a life for themselves as well. And they're just looking for some place to start out. So we've done both short term and long term. Okay. And, you know, Julie, Mark mentioned that he's, you know, a pretty big kite surfer. What other activities aside from yoga are you really passionate about? <laughs> I would say it's really uh, the yoga. I mean, the snorkeling and scuba diving here is amazing. And we do get out all the time and snorkel and scuba dive. Um, but for right now, I've been just doing the yoga and teaching the yoga. I haven't started kiteboarding yet, but um, I, I'm toying with the idea. But both of us can't play all the time. There is a key to run here. <laughs> Now, when you say you guys are off the grid completely, are you running on solar? Yes. Yeah, we have a we have a solar system that we run during that gives us enough power to run the resort during the day. At night, uh, during the late kind of the about nine to midnight, we run a generator. Uh, but yeah, we are 100% off the grid. All of our water is caught with a cistern uh, during the dry season. We have to go get it from a from a well on on, the, on mainland Roatan. We have to go over with our boat and get it at 700 gallons at a time and bring it across and pump it into our cistern. But yeah, we're 100 off the grid. Whoa! Explain that to me. When you're taking a boat across to the mainland to get 700 gallons that you then pump, how is that happening? Is that a tank that you put on the boat? Yep. And how many? Yeah, trips? we have two cisterns that we put on. We have a 30 foot panga, which is kind of a, a, a flat bottom boat that's very popular here in Roatan. We use to bring our guests to and from the island. We can fit 20 people on the boat. Um, we put two cisterns on there. One's 400 gallons, the other's 300 gallons. And our, our my staff, my guys go over to uh, a spring on mainland Roatan, which is in right. It's probably a five minute boat ride from here. It's in the corner of, of Port Royal. Go over with a pump and a, a generator, and we pump, fill up the cisterns. Come back over here, pump it into our cistern that's underneath the the lodge here, and we do that uh, depending on how much water we need. We may do that four or five times. It takes about uh, we can do about four loads a day. Uh, so when we have big groups coming in during the dry season, we may have to go, you know, get 20 loads before they come in to make sure we have enough water to to, to uh, um, service our guests. So we we are very uh, 
what we do when our guests arrive is we have a very, um, they get here, we get them settled in their rooms, we, we give them appetizers, then we have a meeting with our guests because we have to explain to them because, again, in America, we don't think about, you know, if you leave a light on in the house or, uh, you know, leaving the, the water running when you're brushing your teeth or when you're shampooing in the shower. So we have to have a very um, candid discussion with our guests that, that we are off the grid and, and that our resources are very, very valuable. So when they get here, we explain to them how the how we get water, whether it's through the rain or having to go to to Roatan to get it at, at 700 gallons at a time that we please conserve. And uh, we talk about the power. And generally, what happens is the first night they get here, they they go shower. <laughs> Typical, you know, we've been traveling all day. They go get in the shower. They get ready for dinner, and they come out for dinner, and all the lights are on and all the fans are on in their rooms. And usually about 6:30, 7 o'clock, when we're trying to cook dinner, the power grid goes out. So. Uh, it's a it's a good lesson to our guests that you need to turn lights off because we you know we're off the grid here and, and uh, we we talk a lot about water consumption and a lot of times by the end of the week the guests make it a contest of who showered the least <laughs> um, how little water they use and I'll tell them you know at the end of the week yeah you guys average 50 gallons of water per person uh, for, you know a day or maybe for the week and so the, the guests really kind of take it to heart they, they embrace it but we really have to be very very conscientious of our resources. Yeah. So the average American uses 100 gallons of water per day in the United States. Wow. And if we all our guests use 100 gallons of water per day here, it would it would not work. <laughs> so we explained them what their average usage is of water before they come here. And then we can actually measure the water and tell them what they're using here. And it they really embrace it, which is kind of fun, you know, for, no, for them and for us. That's cool. And I love it. I love it. That's super cool. The... Um, I'm assuming you guys have AC units that are run on the generator at night. Is that correct? That is not correct. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, this is pirate. <laughs> no, you have a fan in your room. Uh, we do not have AC. There was AC on the island. It just again requires way too much power. We don't. We cannot generate enough power at night without the solar to to run that kind of uh, um, voltage. So we, we it is every room has a fan by their bed, and you just uh, you know when you get here, it takes a little adjustment. Uh, certainly, uh, this time of year in, in August and September was the hottest time in Roatan. It can be warm, but uh, you adjust and you know. Breeze. Yeah, we have nice breeze out here, which really helps. Um, yeah, you. Yeah, I always take a quick cold shower before bed, turn the fan on, and get in, and I'm good to go. Yeah, I, I used to do the same, and I, to be honest, like I don't like AC. I, I'd way rather have a fan. In fact, even the fan on me at night, even in the hottest conditions, I I get too cold. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's really interesting. Do you yeah. mind me asking how much is an all-inclusive package per guest? Or you said it's it's only for big groups, but if a big group wanted to come, is it based on the number of people? The price goes up? Um, we just have a flat rate of $249 per night per person with a minimum stay of three nights and anywhere from six to 19 people. Okay. Okay, cool. I would love to circle back to this water thing because that's so interesting to me. So when you say they take <laughs> a flat-bottom boat over – and they drive it into a freshwater spring. Is that kind of what I understood? Well, they bring it up to the shore, okay. and then we run some uh, uh, PVC pipes into up to the up to the spring, and then pump it pump it down into our cisterns. So it's uh, it, it, you know, it's usually two guys go over. They'll put an anchor on the stern of the boat. They put the bow of the boat on on the on the beach, and then they'll uh, run a pump with I think it's a, probably about forty feet of uh, PVC pipe up into the spring and then they just pump it into each, each of the two uh, cisterns that are on the boat. And then when they bring it over here, we just do the reverse process of just pumping it back into the cistern over here. Now, is this something that a lot of people do or are you the only people doing this? 
<laughs> no, this is a this is a private island living off the coast of Roatan problem. <laughs> um, there's just you know we don't have natural uh, drinking water on the island because you know we're we're probably five feet above sea level the the whole island. Yeah. So you know we can't we can't dig down into the into the ocean to get fresh water. So the only place to get it is from uh, mainland Roatan, as we'll call it. Or rainwater, and you know, all of our um, all of our roofs have gutters that collect the rainwater that goes into our system. But we're we're in a drought right now. Uh, we've been we had a very very dry rainy season last uh, winter, uh, so we're we've been struggling. All of Roatan's really been struggling to collect water. So this is just a it's necessarily, not necessarily a unique problem for Roatan as a whole. But when it when it comes to living on a private island, the the things you go to to get your resources can be you have to be creative sometimes. And this was our solution. And so is this drinking water for you or you guys have to bring bottles over from Roatan, like five gallon bottles or whatever? Yeah, we bring, we have to go get five gallon bottles for drinking water. This is strictly just bathing water. Um, you know, uh, yeah, we don't use it for cooking or anything. We use, we use bottled water for all of our cooking. And, you know, when you brush your teeth, every room has a, uh, a, um, fresh, uh, drinking water in the room. So when you brush your teeth, you know, you clean your toothbrush with the, with that water, and again, we have this conversation with the guests, you know, the, the water that's coming out of the shower and out of, out of the faucets is water really just to wash your hands and, and, and rinse your body. Um, it's clean water, but it's just, again, it's coming from a spring that we do treat it a little bit before we put it in the cistern, but it's not something that's filtered also before it gets into the rooms. But I don't recommend drinking it just because of parasites and things that can can get into water that you don't want to be have your vacation be ruined by, uh, you know, spending the time on your, on the, in the bathroom, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. What, what kind of stuff have you guys gotten? Do you guys gotten tropical flus or like any parasites that um, have put you down? The only thing that happened was when we first moved here, I got Zika mm. and it's not bad at all. Um, it was, um, you know, I noticed a rash on my body and I thought, okay, I had allergic rash or something, so I tried Benadryl, and that didn't work. And then I thought, okay, well, I'll start try steroids, and that didn't work. And so it ended up I had Zika, but it wasn't bad at all. It was maybe two days of, um, you know, kind of achy joints. I didn't have a fever or anything with it. It was just kind of an irritating rash. And I, I think it's interesting because, you know, we see a lot of what the U.S. publicizes about Zika. And Zika is, for me, was absolutely nothing. I mean, really nothing at all. And then you hear a lot about the small-headed babies, but we see babies all the time. Our staff all have children. We have yet to see a small-headed baby or, you know, whatever that thing is that happens. And I don't know what how much concern there should be, but for me, Zika was nothing, absolutely nothing. And, and, and our staff and, you know, the people we know, it's, I've known a couple people that have gotten it, but it's, it's not a big deal. And most people don't have any symptoms when they get it. Mm, that's really interesting. I love that you're on the ground and you know noting that everyone around you has children with normal size heads because yeah, a good friend of mine yeah. didn't come visit me in Thailand with his pregnant wife because of Zika, and you know I'm just looking the same, looking around like all these Thai people have normal children. They're, I mean, I don't want to say that Zika doesn't cause that, but at the same time, it's like the sensationalization the media in America creates around issues that. Yeah are real i think probably but not as widespread as they make it sound it's just yeah. it's unfortunate yeah you know for us it's it's hard because honduras has a very bad reputation for being dangerous and you know it's a lot of sensationalism it was it was strange for us because we went back to the united states and one of the first things we wanted to do was see some live music because there's not a lot of great you know big sporting events or concerts here so we went to a concert at a casino 
And both of us standing looking around going, oh, my gosh, could this be a mass murder situation? And I feel much safer in Honduras than I do in the United States now. So but again, it's just the way the press wants to twist it, um, you know, so that people read. Yeah, I guess huh? they, they say if it bleeds, it leads within the media right. circles. <laughs> Um, it's yep. so unfortunate. This has actually been on my mind a lot lately because one of the questions I get asked all the time is like, what was the scariest thing that ever happened to you, you know, in your travels? And I started really thinking about that and peeling back the layers and it, it's got to be coming from the perception that the whole world is dangerous. You know, everywhere outside of America is dangerous, which has been fed to these people yep. by the media. And it's just, I think the main reason no one travels, you know, or they're afraid to go and do what you're doing, which I'm, I have so much respect and love for you guys for doing it because it's awesome. And you're just another example of a happy couple doing what they want in a beautiful place for a fraction of the price. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, when we lived in Fargo and um, God bless the people in Fargo, they love Fargo and it's their home and they're very proud of it. And um, most of them don't leave it. But one of my employees said, um, um, why would you ever get a passport? And it, it really hit me that people actually think like that. Cause to me, you should get a birth certificate and a passport on the same day. Right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, for sure. They seem to me, they should go hand in hand. <laughs> you know, what about your boys, uh, Julie? Um, have they come down to visit? Um, no, nobody's come down to visit yet. Um, but they keep saying they're going to, um, my oldest son has um, two young, very young children, so um, that would be a challenge for them to get all the way here, um, but um, they've talked about it. Um, my middle son is hoping to come yet this fall, and then my other son is planning for next summer. So they know I'm not going anywhere, so, so um, I think they'll get here eventually, but they haven't yet. And it's hard for we can't during the busy season, we, we can't have our own personal guests here on the island because we're... We're working hard, but that's when everybody wants to leave the United States, but they'll have to come in the off season. Right. Mark, do you have any kids? I don't No, My, my only married once to Julie. So. <laughs> I, I cook the eternal bachelor. <laughs> Good for you, Julie. Good for you. That's awesome. So it sounds like you guys are there to stay. I mean, you have a house, you have a nice job. I mean, you are getting to ages that people talk about retirement in the next, you know, 15, 20 years. Is that do you guys see yourself working doing this forever or do you have kind of a game plan? I think um, we've talked about our next adventure after the island would probably be um, we're thinking of buying a catamaran and, and sailing a catamaran around the world for a while. So it's just a matter of when that happens. But that's kind of our next goal. Awesome. So would you then just sell everything there and and start over again with the catamaran? Yep. Yeah, we would, I, mean, I think what we do is put our house on the market here, and uh, you know we probably need that money from the house to buy the catamaran, anyways. But uh, yeah, I think that's you know once you get down here, I think for us it's been we, this has opened up a whole new world for us. When we came to Roatan, we we bought the house. We thought, okay, we're going to rent this apartment. I took a job bartending two days a week, which I I absolutely love doing because I got to meet people, whether they were tourists or, or locals. Um, and we kind of had a nice little life and, and then the, the resort came in, into play and we decided to take this job. And now that we've t done this resort management, we've kind of said, well, we could do this anywhere. You know, maybe we want to, and you said you've lived in Thailand. I said, well, I, I think Thailand would be a really cool place to live. Or do we want to go, 
you know, to to Fiji or some you know someplace even more unique. And so we this has really put the the, the wheels the, the wheels have really started turning in our brains with what do we do next? Because maybe we had said all along we were going to move to Roatan for five to ten years and then see what happens. Well, that may shorten for Roatan because I think we may look at either the boat and we just start traveling through the Caribbean and maybe that leads us to the Mediterranean and and you know the South Pacific and all those type of things or do we look at another job like this in another part of the world? Uh, the previous management couple from this island took a job in Hawaii. We've started looking at couplesjobs.com and some of those online uh, sites that have opportunities for us. And, and so maybe we just move to the next opportunity. So it's really, this has just opened up a, a Pandora's box, so to speak, for us as far as other opportunities. And the, and the guts to do it. Because <laughs> we know we can. Yeah, yeah and the guts to do it. I love it that you, you added that. Yeah, if you could speak to uh, an audience member uh, and give them some motivation, some words of wisdom to take that first step if they want to go do what you guys are doing or even just start traveling. Can you each take a second and, and talk to somebody out there listening right now and give them some words of advice? You know, uh, this is I work with young athletes and, you know, they, they, they're graduating college and they're figuring out what they want to do with their life. And I always told them, you know, before you go jump into your new job, go travel for a little bit. Go see the world because there's so much out there. We tend to, we graduate from college or we get out of high school, we get a job and we spend the next 40 years working and we've done nothing. We haven't taken a vacation. And I think that's just the wrong mentality. So I, my advice to, you know, these were to young female college athletes, go see the world. And I would say this to anyone now, you whether you're 40 years old, 25 years old or 60 years old, you know, my mother who's 80 has just started traveling really in the last few years. She's been to Roatan twice. She's now going to go to Spain and she's just started to do it at 80 years old. And there's there's always a time and you need to make time to travel, to see the world, because it opens up your eyes on what it's like to be to see what's different out there. Uh, like our living with our employees here on this island, we've learned a different a different culture and how they appreciate life. And and so to me, it's it's do it. It's just stop telling yourself you can't tell yourself you can and go see the world. Yeah, I agree. I mean. There is nothing to fear out there. There really isn't. You know, I, I, everybody has an excuse. And I can tell you from Mark and I and everybody we've met that has done this, there is no excuse. There is none. If, if you really, if you say it, do it. But don't say it if you're not going to do it. One of the things that it's kind of funny because everybody says, to us, I'm going to do this someday. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're just saying they're going to do it, you know. Just, you just have to go ahead and do it. But, you know, it isn't for everybody. That's for sure. You know, um, but it's not scary once you do it. And, oh, no doubt about it. I mean, there's times before we did it, we're like, have we lost our mind? Have we just, you know, we're giving up really good paying jobs that we really like. Um, have we really lost our mind? But, the, you know, you can build a life anywhere in the world. Just pick up and go and build a life. You, opportunity is all around you. It's all around you. And I mean, this opportunity fell in our laps. Would it have fallen in our laps? We were sitting in Fargo waiting for the perfect situation. And at first, when we investigated, we, we, we tried to create the perfect situation. Okay, we're going to wait till we get some jobs there. We're going to have a plan. We're going to figure it out. And we just at one point said, we, we can't try to fill in the details. Let's just go. And the details fill in themselves. You, you know, the community of expats is extremely friendly and outgoing and helpful people. Because we're all in this together, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's so once you're out there, you just realize like there 
is no reason to be afraid because there's so many people out there who are willing to help. I just interviewed um, Leon Logothetis from The Kindness Diaries on Netflix. I don't know if you guys even have Netflix out there, but he uh, nope. goes around the world <laughs> just asking for help to get around the world. And he's got his little like car and he asked people to fill him up with gas and take him home and feed him. And he made, he's made it all around the world. He's on like season two doing it again. You know, it's so cool. Yeah. And we've met other people like that too. Um, what is our friends that met that are doing uh, honey truck, honey truck. They're an interesting couple. Honey truck went out and never returned. They're never returned. They're in year eight, I think. <laughs> so they're called honey, honey truck. Honey yep. truck. Yep. They're a blog. Yeah, they're a, it's a younger couple. They got married. They went on their honeymoon, and they've been on it for eight years now. And they've been all over. They've uh, written two books since they've been on their honeymoon. They we met them here in Roatan. They were they took a house sitting job here for three months while they were working on a book on glamping. If I recall, that was wedding. And uh, we met them scuba diving, and and we follow their their blog and their website. And and again, a cool story of just unique people that have started traveling, and now they made it kind of their living. And uh, and so really another neat story. So that is cool. Yeah. I'm going to reach out to them and see if they want to come on and chat. I just had a nomadosaurus.com on here as well. A travel couple that have been doing it for the same amount of time and they're making great money with their blog. And that's a really cool story. Well, thank you guys. So if the audience uh, is interested in coming and testing the, the waters of Roatan and and the key, you can, they can find you at Fort Morgan key, right? Yep. So we have a website, uh, fortmorgankey.com. They can also contact us through um, reservations at portmorgankey.com or julie at portmorgankey.com. That's awesome. Thank you both for joining me today. I appreciate your time. It's been a wonderful chat. Well, we love chatting with you. It's been great. Thank you. Awesome, Mark. Awesome, Julie. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. It definitely inspired me. I know it will inspire a lot of people listening right now. And I look forward to you coming back on in the future when you have that catamaran and telling us another great inspirational story about where that catamaran is taking you and the life that you've designed yourself on the high seas. Please remember, if you're a first-time listener, to hit that subscribe button. If you would share with a friend, that would mean the world to me. And if you really want to support Misfits and Rejects, you can do that in two ways. You can go to patreon.com and search Misfits and Rejects or go to patreon.com backslash Misfits and Rejects and you can give a monthly donation. Whatever you want, $1, $2, $5, it's up to you. It's all appreciated. Nothing is expected. And with that donation, what I have been doing with all my live interviews, I have been filming with a GoPro. So you get to see it live, raw, uncut footage of me sitting down with a lot of these guests that I sit down with around the world in the environment in which I'm conducting these interviews and you get to see the live uncut version. So that's a bonus gift I'm giving to anybody who wants to support Misfits and Rejects via Patreon. The second way you can support Misfits and Rejects is by going to misfitsandrejects.com backslash shop and purchasing a t-shirt. I have some really cool t-shirts, Misfits and Rejects logos coming in various sizes, tank tops, t-shirts, and they're really comfortable. I wear them most days a week, seven days a week. In fact, I am a walking billboard for Misfits and Rejects. But if you like the message, if you like the name, if you like to wear a comfy shirt that says Misfits and Rejects, you can head over to misfitsandrejects.com backslash shop, purchase a t-shirt, and that also helps support Misfits and Rejects. So thank you again for listening. I look forward to seeing you in next week's episode. I appreciate your time. I think you all are so very beautiful. I hope this is inspiring you to design the life that you've always dreamed of. And I'll see you next week. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspire you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to 
choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new. To live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.